Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, you know what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the no call. We're talking about the fallout from the Saints-Rams ending and what many, not just me, are describing as the worst call non-call in football history yahoo sports had a piece up today i think cbs sports had one as well that ranked the worst no calls in sports history and this one was the highest or the worst call in football history according to many people i don't disagree i think it is maybe the worst singular moment in in league history and i'm not trying to be flippant about that because like I said, there's been guys paralyzed on the field there in 19, I believe it was 47. Somebody died on the field. Those are more serious, more uh, certainly uh, more important than any result of a game. Absolutely. But the reason I say it's the worst moment in sports history is because I don't think a singular moment, especially in modern NFL history, has had a chance to destroy any credibility the league has left especially about its officiating, like this moment does. I think the officiating has been in crisis for years. I think that's reached its tipping point now. You can find a lot of my commentaries and all of our commentaries here at WWL online at WWL.com or the radio.com app. So you've heard my opinion, but now let's get yours. To the phone line we go. We'll start it off with Ed and Metairie. Ed, what's going on? Uh, Ed, uh, please turn down the uh, radio there. I'm going to put you back on hold. We'll get you next. Make sure your radios are down. Uh, we'll go to Liz in Araby. Liz. Hi, Seth. How you doing? I'm sorry. My hey, that's okay. <laughs> it was a no voice Monday, Liz. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I, am, I totally agree that it's egregious that there's been no statement from the NFL. I actually called the New York offices today to leave my uh, displeasure. They were closed. And uh, they said you could leave your comments on their voicemail. So, <laughs> so I called back, and I was like, I don't want to leave my comments on your voicemail. I want to talk to a person. And the girl that answered was like, well, we cannot comment on any, you know, game. That was, uh, you know, meaning our game, I guess, that they were instructed not to comment on any of the games. But I think that, you know, um, the, the thing was, and I wasn't, I, I sit in, like, the terrace. But Scoot was on Anna's air, and he said that he was sitting right there by the play. Mm-hmm. And he saw the ref, one of the refs, take, actually take the flag out of his spot. Like, it was coming out. I don't know if it's true. But it was confirmed by some other people that called into the radio station day. And, and then after, you know, somebody told them to put it back, you know, the other ref. But what I can't understand is how they did not confer on that call. They heard the fan reaction. You know, why wasn't it even discussed? Yeah, and those are all legitimate questions here. Uh, First, I'll answer your last question or your last comment. Let me react to that. I don't want officials at any level calling a game or making calls based on crowd reaction. That's just something that I don't want. But the crowd should have had nothing to do with that, right? It was just that egregious. Like Doug Mouton perfectly stated, 
that was a call that should have been made at the junior high level that anybody officiating junior high football would have made high school college and certainly in the nfl it was just complete incompetence by the officials there as far as what anybody else saw on that play at the stadium i am not going to discount what anybody else saw i certainly didn't see what those people saw what i saw and then what i saw on replay was i didn't see anybody reaching for a flag and then being told don't throw the flag there was a video going around where it was cropped where you had the the uh, field judge the back judge Uh, running into the side judge and it looked like from a video that he was telling the side judge not to throw a flag actually again that's kind of fake news because that official was actually running in to tell sean payton to get back because payton had run down the field if you actually zoom out of that video so that was a little fake news and and somebody editing video to make it uh, look a little worse for the officials than it actually was and it was already uh, really bad uh liz thanks for listening thanks for the call we'll go back to ed now ed yeah hello you there yep Okay, um, this whole fiasco, I think they ought to make a movie about it. And nobody's brought it up, but I think the appropriate title would be uh, The Silence of the Rams. <laughs> I like this. How about The Silence of the Refs? <laughs> well, whatever, but I mean, I think uh, that would be a great title for a Mardi Gras parade to. Uh, and I hope they do that. And that would be great to have a parade like that on the day of the Super Bowl and just do it through the Superdome. And oh, Ed, I'll tell you this. They would just say, you know, the hell with the damn thing. Because I'll tell you what, if nothing goes on, I'm not going to watch the damn thing. Well, I don't I'll think. Put it on, uh, oh, God, Westerns off the uh, table. You know I mean? <laughs> just watch, watch anything but the Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. And I don't do that lightly. I'm not, I'm not a guy who is sitting here calling for boycotts every week if something that I don't like happens. In fact, I don't know if I've ever called for a boycott of anything or even boycotted anything really in my life. Well, that's not true. There's a couple things that I don't do, but that's uh, neither here nor there. But, yeah, don't watch the game. Hit them where it hurts, those TV ratings. Let's go to Peter in New York. Peter, welcome into the show. Hi, thank you for having me. How you doing? Sure, um, Peter. First off, I want to say my condolences because I'm part of the Hudat Nation from New Iberia. Yes. And there's a ton of us in New York. And I'll be honest with you, it feels like a death in the family. It really does. Okay. That being said, I want to say two positive things. You, you and a couple of your callers have been saying this. Yes, let's not watch the Super Bowl. Instead, and I hope some powerful people in New Orleans can hear me. Let's have a Super Bowl, uh, a Saints parade on that day, honoring the Saints, letting the Saints know, you know what, we still love you. Let's have a parade for them. And and I know people as far as Lafayette and Lake Charles would come out to support, to support and be a part of this parade. Let's do that, okay? Yeah. And I hope that happens. Hell, me and three other people, we'll fly down for it. Okay. okay. All right, Peter. No, I think I think that's a great idea. I mean, it sounds like this city, right? certainly sounds like something this city would do. Going back to what the previous caller said, too, you know that Crew de Vue and Crew de Todd are going to riff on this game a lot. But probably most of the floats will be something to do with this game, right? Let's go to my buddy and co-host of the Prep Football Roundup. He's been fired up on Twitter, too. Alan Waddell calling in on the hotline. Alan, what's going on, buddy? Seth, dude, I'm just... I'm distraught, and I had to call in as as just Joe fan today. I yeah. mean, I have been as as this, 
you know, I was at the game yesterday as disgusted I was certainly leaving the dome. I think I've even been more disgusted today, and I wanted to get your opinion on something. I know that you touched on earlier, just the national media. You, you can totally tell the difference between someone who has an agenda and who doesn't have an agenda. Yeah. And I wanted to get your – let's talk about the, the final, you know, two minutes or so. And I wanted to get your opinion on this. Everybody, the ones that, that want to, you know, make an excuse or whatever for the Rams, that they, they outplayed the Saints or whatever, they want to, you know – trash on Sean Payton his play calling there in that final sequence um, right before the Tommy Lee Lewis play and I just keep going back to there's a minute 50 on the clock they have two timeouts if you run the ball all three down there and kick a field goal they're going to have a minute on the clock I mean and after what happened a year ago after what we, we see in the NFL every Sunday teams go right down the field with you know, 40, 45 seconds and getting field goal range in the NFL. I mean, you know, I kick it 65 yards. Yeah, I was going to say, I Alan, mean, and they had with the guy that they had over there, right? I mean, it's not too far for them to get in field goal range. They're probably like 25 yards away from it by the time they, they run back the kickoff or take a knee. I mean, and then, look, the first down play, you know, I'm the biggest Drew Brees fan there is in the world, but, you know, he, he spikes that ball. If he makes a good throw, Michael Thomas might walk in for a touchdown. It falls incomplete, and everybody's wanting to – you know, hang Sean Payton for throwing the ball on first down. But I actually like the play call. You know, you're trying to win the game. If they get a first down right there, it's over. And I just cannot see how anybody in the national media can say that this play did not decide the game. I mean, and you were there, Seth. I was there. And this is the other point that I want to bring up about this is I never felt one time the whole afternoon that the Saints were going to lose that game until after that play. I mean, they led from the from outset of the game. Now, yeah, they left some points on the field in the first quarter. Certainly could have got up to a big lead. I thought the fake punt was a huge play in the game. Uh, you know, it's 13 nothing. Looks like they're going to punt it back. At that point, the Rams had not stopped the Saints yet. You know, they're going to probably make it 16 nothing, maybe 20 nothing right there. Mm-hmm. Instead, they make it 13-3. But I just cannot get over all the people in the national media that, you know, want to make an excuse for the Rams or kind of take the highlight or the spotlight off of this call. Well, look, and, I, you know, and Alan, I don't – I'm not trying to speak for everybody in the national media, and I'm with you here. It's driven me nuts. I sent out a tweet about that. You can kind of tell those with an agenda and those uh, that don't. I, I, look, there are certainly some people out there who probably legitimately believe, hey, you know, this was on the Saints, not the officiating crew. Okay. But this helps a lot of the people in the national media who are based in L.A. and certainly think that uh, their you know careers or shows or, or blogs or whatever is going to be enhanced by the Rams getting there. It's just a little absurd what we've seen. I don't know how anybody who watches that does say that that wasn't the play that cost the Saints the game to your point here yes they had a minute 55 and two timeouts Rams timeouts left when the Saints got the football I I absolutely agree with how they had kind of gone down up and down the field and with Zerline their kicker you try to get the first down there you don't just run it three times into the brick wall and then kick the field goal with 70 seconds left and anybody saying the Saints you know, made their own bet after that, and they had multiple t- chances to win. That's all true. That's 100% fact. Yes, they did have a chance to still win the game after they kicked that field goal. But if that call is made, which should have been made 100 out of 100 times, there is no way that is not called at any level of football. The game is over, Alan. The game is over. It, this wasn't a face mask call earlier in the game. This wasn't an Alvin Kamara hit, a helmet-to-helmet hit in the Dallas game when he still had some time left. And, uh, you know, that's maybe a woulda, coulda, shoulda. You don't know what happens after that. This is the end of a game in the NFC Championship where if that call is made, the Saints can kneel it three times and kick it with about 20 to 19 seconds left. And then the 
Rams have no timeouts and, you know, 15 seconds left to get 25 yards. It's not happening. The Saints are going to a Super Bowl. It's just atrocious, Alan, and I'm with you. I'm sitting here even, you know, 28 hours now in the future. I'm just in disbelief, man. I'm in disbelief. Seth, one more point. I'll hang up and listen. You know, going back to those that are, you know, kind of slamming Sean Payton for play calling there, you know, in that sequence. I thought the play, you know, the play that's in question, where Roby Coleman obviously interferes with Tommy Lewis, I thought that play was a, a unbelievably designed play. If you go back and look at it, Alvin Kamara is lined up in the slot. They have Tommy Lewis in the backfield. They're going to run the wheel route to Tommy Lewis. And one of the other reasons I think it's so absurd that the play wasn't called, if you go back and look at the pre-snap, what, what the defense is doing pre-snap, is Roby Coleman most of the day had been on Alvin Kamara. So he was confused. He didn't. He, he had man-to-man coverage for Tommy Lewis out of the backfield. He's all the way on the other side of the field. So when the ball was snapped, in a frantic panic, he just took off sprinting because he knew that he had blown his assignment before that play, and he just totally leveled him. So I thought it was a great play call. I thought it was a great design. And, you know, it should have been a touchdown or at least yep. uh, certainly a, a uh, pass interference in the game. Was over. But, hey, I'm, I'm mad, but, hey, I'm still a hoot out the life. And, Hopefully we can put it back together and make a run at it next year. Hey, but thanks for having my call. All right. Alan Waddell, uh, thanks for calling, buddy. And, yeah, you and I and everybody else here in Houdat Nation are going to be talking about this play for a long, long time. Hell, we'll probably be talking about this one for the rest of our lives, much like Oakland still talks about the tuck rule and that play. All right, we'll take a break. Back to your calls after this, 504-260-1870. The text line is 870-870. I'm Seth Dunlap. Little therapy Monday here on the last. We have some incredible coverage, lots of it around what happened yesterday with the Saints Ram online at WWL.com. Two articles you should check out. Uh, just wrote uh, just before getting on the show. One, Roger Goodell and the NFL have still not released any official statement on what happened last night. I believe that is completely unacceptable. Just a cherry on top of their incompetence yesterday. And then also, if you're mad about the Saints Rams ending, Going to join a lot of us. Boycott the Super Bowl. Hurt, hit them where it hurts. Television ratings. Here's a text from the 504. Seth, can't do a darn thing about it now. Let's turn our attention to plugging holes like tight end that can't cause that can cause matchup problems. And how about not letting Teddy Bridgewater get out of the building? Yes, we will do all of that in due time here. But this week, and I'm sorry, this has to be talked about and talked about a lot. NFL officiating has been kind of a, a scourge on the league and, and really to no fault, I shouldn't say, let me rephrase, not to no fault, but to less fault of the actual on-field official and more just how the league wants their rules implemented and this you know, Encyclopedia Britannica nine-volume set of rules they have to dissect. Leagues really at the majority to blame here but it was the on-field officials yesterday that were just incompetent. Back to the phone lines we go. We'll start it off with James and Jefferson. James, welcome into the last lap. Hey, how you doing, Seth? I'm I'm mad as heck still, but I'm doing okay, James. Uh, hey, I'm mad as heck too. I agree, and I think the officials should be fired. And I believe Roger Goodell should be kicked out. I don't know how they can get rid of him, but they should get rid of him because he's been a thorn in outside for since he's been there. I mean, that call was ridiculous. But, you know, the Saints had a 13-nothing lead. They, they could have kept on, kept their foot on the gas. They did almost nothing in the second quarter. I mean, I'm a true Saints fan. I've been watching every game. I watch every game. And I hope Drew Brees comes back and breaks the record. But And that 
you know, they just should have, they could have won a game before that call even happened. No, uh, James, that's, look, that is what we should be talking about here. If that call hadn't been made or that play hadn't happened and the Saints lose this game, we'd be talking about missed opportunities, field goals in the red zone, defense maybe bending a little bit too much down the stretch. No doubt about it. We'd be talking about all those things. But here is the plain facts of the situation. The Saints did enough to win the game yesterday. They were in position, and had the rules been applied correctly, they would have been in position to win the game. If that call is made, there's a minute 45 left. The Rams would have had one timeout left at that point. You can either run it three times or kneel it three times, and you're going to have about 20 seconds, maybe less left on the clock, and you can walk Will Lutz out there for a chip shot field goal. Game over, Saints in the Super Bowl. So they did enough to win the game. This got ripped away from them. Text from the 337, maybe no response from Roger is a good sign, question mark. Maybe they're really thinking about it. Well, here's the problem with that. Reports have said that they haven't made a statement because Goodell, Al Riveron, and those inside the league offices are still debating on what kind of language they would use in any official statement. But in today's world, where these media cycles are flipped so quickly, we're talking about over a day later and the league has still not said anything on this. It's just that in itself is crazy. How do you have a league with one of the worst moments in their sports history, one of the most bizarre moments of incompetence in football history how you don't have the league say anything about this is incredible in the worst possible way clyde in new orleans you're on now clyde welcome into the show yeah yeah how you doing hey jeff yep seth but yes hey seth yeah i just got one short question to ask you okay it was less than two minutes of the ball game right yes it was why didn't official booth call down to the field, stop the game, review it, and overturn the call? They it's, can do that. It's not. No, they can't. Not in a pass interference penalty. Not penalties. They are not reviewable in the National Football well, they, League. Well, they do. They do it on pass interference. No, they I don't. Mean, not, they, no, they don't. They, they do it on the non catch. If it's catching. Yeah, but that's not. That's not a flag. Yes, they do, Clyde. But just, it's a simple fact here. That play is not reviewable. The competition committee, which Sean Payton has sat on. They have been, and Bill Belichick has said the same thing, they have wanted to implement a rule where you can challenge penalties and you can review penalties. The owners, like you need two-thirds of the owners to approve a rule change like that, they have not voted that through. Gail Benson wrote a letter to the NFL imploring them to fix the integrity of their game. You can find her letter online at WWL. Dot com. More of your calls coming back in just 60 seconds here, 504-260-1870. If the lines are full, just call back in just a little bit. Text line is 870-870. Tim Zimmer behind the glass. I'm Seth Dunlap, and this is The Last Lap on WWL. Here's a text from me, 850. Seth, there is zero accountability for on-field officials. The officials should be made available to the media after games. Well, the head official is, so Bill Vinovich, who was the white cap yesterday, he spoke after the game, but he can't really say anything about that play because he wasn't the person who made that call. 
All he can say is, I didn't see it, which he didn't. This isn't on Bill Vinovich. To your point about zero accountability for on-field officials, I actually disagree with that. If anything, and I've talked about this before, they were firing officials midseason for relatively pedestrian missed calls, certainly nothing even approaching this. And, and you know, maybe I've been wrong about that when I've defended the officials in those cases, and then I don't know how you fire somebody for one relatively, again, um, innocent missed call that's happened and it's starting to happen and I think a third of the league's lead officials have retired or been fired or their contracts not renewed I guess would be the proper wording there over the last two or three years so they're churning through officials and if anything there's been a lot of accountability here to these officials and I would assume with the precedent that's been set this year that the officials involved on that play will not have a job with the National Football League again. I, I, I just don't think that those two guys will have a job. Let me say this, too. I want to make sure I am squarely on the record here. Do not stalk these people. Do not terrorize their homes or their families or Google their addresses, send them mail, show up at their doorstep. Let's not have our fan base be part of that problem terrible call they were incompetent i've heard across new orleans today and seen on social media that somebody want uh, you know are gonna quote unquote hunt these people down that's absurd people uh, come on was it incompetent was it unacceptable yes and yes let's have just a little bit of perspective here i'm mad about it because i do sports for a living and i was invested with this team we can be mad about it but let's have a little perspective here. Tim? did hear the officials last night were moved to uh, Metairie because of their, their hotel was located downtown and they were worried for their safety. Yeah. But I was going to say, uh, how confident would you be if we had 2012 replacement officials in, to, in, in yesterday's game? Would they have made the right call? Well, I think we saw that in the fail Mary game, right? This would be like if the – even the fail Mary, there's at least some argument to be made, and, and we saw some rules experts say, hey, you know, I could understand why the officials on the field called it this way. There is no excuse for this. There is not one person on the planet who would say that should have been a no call unless you're Jason Whitlock and you're the biggest troll in sports media and have been for the last 10 years. Can we get rid of that guy? Why does that guy still have a job? Jason Whitlock. What a fool. Did you see him today on the air acting and saying, oh, that was actually a good no call? What? How does he get a paycheck working in this industry? Was it optical illusion, Tim said? Is that what that's what Whitlock said? Well, whatever it is, I don't know how that guy, speaking of zero credibility, he's got zero in my book anyways. Let's go to Kevin in Biloxi. Welcome into the show, Kevin. Seth, 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 who the hell is Jason Whitlock? Uh, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, I want to echo what you said, man. Saints, who that nation, we are a lot better than that kind of people who, who are going to threaten and do crap like that. Uh, Amen. Thank you. Yes. We're going to we're going to overcome uh, with love and, uh, you know, collective spirit. And uh, Seth, at the top of your show, not to put words in your mouth, but you, you said you weren't sure if we were ever going to overcome this. And I just think we uh, will. A couple points. I mean, Drew Brees already said he's coming back. He's the kind of guy who would give up money to help keep these people together. Um, 
you know, I heard on on the show earlier today with Detillier uh, that one sports betting company is refunding uh, bets on the Saints game. I don't know the name of that company, but Vegas, you know, is if anybody's going to hold NFL responsible, according to Mike, you know, it's Vegas. They've done it before, and they can't have a a, 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 a trusting uh, industry if you can't trust the damn games you're betting on, <laughs> conspiracy theory or not. Uh, when you're talking about the L.A. locals, does that include the former Ram player? Because last night, after the game, Bob, when all this was coming out, they were saying one of the guys was a, a veteran of the Los Angeles Rams. I don't know if that's I'm glad. No, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up, Kevin. So let me address that directly. I actually corrected us uh, last night online. Um, that official did not work that game, not the one who formerly played for the Rams. He actually worked that Atlanta game last year where – a lot of Saints fans thought they were hosed in the Atlanta game. Uh, but, no, he did not work that game. That was kind of fake news that was spread. Uh, but there there are four officials from California. The two involved in that play are from the Los Angeles vicinity. But no former Rams player worked that game last night. Just a terrible moment. Will the Saints ever get over this? Well, that's one of the things you brought up. Look, I'm not pr- professing to be Nostradamus here. But I've seen in the past moments like this crack the foundation of franchises. The tuck rule was the last time that the Oakland Raiders were relevant. Since then, they've kind of been one of the laughing stocks of the league. That helped crumble their franchise. That's probably the closest analogy to this one in the NFL that we have. You've got an aging Drew Brees. You've got not a lot of cap space. You've got a lot of players up for contract. You've got holes on this team that need to be addressed. We'll get to all these things. But legacies were changed, and fortunes of franchises were changed with that call. Sean McVay and this Rams super team, they wouldn't have been playing in a Super Bowl. There'd be lots of questions there. They're up against the salary cap space. Uh, the salary cap, I should say. Not a lot of cap space. You'd had Drew Brees playing for a second Super Bowl. Sean Payton back in the Super Bowl. This young Saints team in the Super Bowl. Now you're looking at it going, okay, well, Rams win a Super Bowl, and they're, they're underdogs in Vegas, but I got to believe that they're favorites in my mind in that game. We're talking about the Saints maybe having to go through the defending Super Bowl champs next season. And certainly in any game these two teams play from here on out for the foreseeable future, this dark cloud of that call is going to be hanging over that game. Let's go to Greg in Gulfport. Welcome into the show, Greg. Hey, Sap. I, I tell you, it's very upsetting what happened in that Saints game. And I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, is there any legal recourse? I mean, could, could someone like file a class action suit on behalf of all the ticket holders? You know, against the NFL, against the commissioner, maybe request an injunction on the Super Bowl? Could you file it? Yeah, you could file it. But from everything I'm reading from lawyers and legal analysts out there, nothing like that has any legs. I don't know if the fans have any legal standing where they could take that to court. The the, the guys who, I guess, in some maybe alternate reality or some courtroom that would have standing in this would be the players who – they were cost money paychecks and incentives because of that. 
maybe they would have some legal recourse. But, I mean, come on. You're talking about human error, blown call here. I just – that even for me – and, again, my, my anger level here is 10 out of 10, everybody. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. Even that seems like a bridge too far for me if you're talking about a legal resource for what happened in a football game. Let's go to Terry in Slidell. Welcome to the show, Terry. Hey, Seth, how you doing? Well, let me say like this, all right? The LSU fans have been saying conspiracy theory against Alabama for a long time, okay? There was no conspiracy. They didn't want the Rams to win the game. It happened. I've seen so many blown calls in LSU-Alabama games that go back to 2009 when Patrick Peterson made an interception at three feet in bounds. Well, guess what? You know what was the recent play official? An Alabama football player who wrote Bear Bryant's autobiography. Two, a couple of years ago, they had a call called personal foul LSU player. You know who made the call? An Alabama football player who graduated from Alabama. You know, it's... It, they shouldn't, if you, and I heard Bobby last night, two guys from Los Angeles, they were making a call. Well, you know, you're never going to satisfy everybody. And I'm sorry to say it, I wanted Drew Brees to go against the GOAT, Tom Brady, in the Super Bowl. And you got to remember one thing, the great ones find a way to win. And Tom did that yesterday. Yeah, I, you know what? That's just I'm I'm sorry, Terry. I just completely disagree with that. That's a lazy flip and take. It is. If you're gonna say the great ones find a way to win, well, damn it, Drew Brees found a way to win last night. The Saints won that football game. If it wasn't for the greatest display of officiating incompetence in football history. You can say whatever the hell you want. Drew Brees did enough for the Saints to win that game. If that flag is thrown, the obvious flag on either the obvious pass interference call or the obvious helmet-to-helmet take a hit, the Saints are kneeling it down and kicking a game-winning field goal about 20 yards away. Game over, Saints in a Super Bowl. Drew Brees did enough to win that game. That is hot garbage. That you say Drew Brees, like somehow this isn't, Drew Brees' greatness is lessened by what happened yesterday. That's garbage, Terry. You want to get me fired up? Go ahead and throw one of those takes out there. Back after this. You know, the, the caller, Terry, that's probably still listening out there, and I'm naming you by name. If you listen to my show... I consider our audience to be one of the more educated sports radio audiences, not only in the state, the city, but in the country. We try to be pretty level-headed, reasonable, educated, responsible sports fans. You're the kind of person that makes sports fans look like idiots. If you missed it, Terry called saying yesterday, paraphrasing here, proves that Drew Brees, I guess, is some kind of incompetent buffoon at quarterback and Tom Brady's great that's the kind of stupidity that's getting perpetuated by the no call yesterday Brady yesterday one touchdowns two interceptions should have been three if the Chiefs weren't offside and on the final drive there for Brady there was some kind of weird phantom pass uh, roughing the passer call on the Chiefs that also shouldn't have been called Maybe the difference between Tom Brady and Drew Brees is 
Uh, Tom Brady's owner is buddy-buddy with the league offices and Roger Goodell, and we're not down here. Jeez, want to talk about an all-time bad take? That was Terry. All right, back to the phones we go here. Joe in Mandeville. Let's see if Joe can top that all-time bad take. Go ahead, Joe. I'm trying to (laughs) – Terry, he's (laughs) – He's world-class, man. Yeah. He's been doing this for years. But real quick, I've got the TV on pause as we speak on the play. I'm looking at this play, and I've looked at it at least two dozen times, Steph. Okay, here comes the ball, and here's Tommy Lee Lewis. Okay, they have a collision. There it is, helmet to helmet. It wasn't spearing or targeting. It was helmet to helmet, okay? I'm just playing devil's advocate. All right. You can do helmet to helmet on every single play, just like Holden, okay? Now, I'm just saying this. I'm looking at Tommy Lee's right arm, and he's, he's not even trying to catch the pass. Doesn't matter. He's, he's Doesn't matter. Like where, where in the rules, Joe, does it say the wide receiver has to be reaching for the football for it to be pass interference? And, in fact, Tommy Lee Lewis could not even have a chance to reach for the football because he got blown up and destroyed. And Nikhil Roby Coleman even admitted he thought he was beat. This is him in the postgame presser, the cornerback for the Rams who committed that non-call said, yeah, I was trying to blow him up and commit a penalty because I thought I was beat. He admitted it. You can try to be as blind as you want to that play. You can be in – it's not even a 1% who thinks that wasn't a penalty. There's probably 12 people in the country who aren't Rams fans who think that wasn't a penalty. I guess, Joe, you're one of them. Let's go to Brian in Covington. Welcome into the game. Uh, Welcome into the game. Welcome into the show. Hey, Seth, how's it going? Hey, well, I'm fired up here tonight, Brian. Oh, me too. You know, I didn't want to believe that the league was fixed, but after yesterday, you know, you go back all the way back to what you were talking about, the tuck rule, and then that Super Bowl, if you remember, was after the one season, after 9-11. Is it a coincidence that a team called the Patriots won that Super Bowl? Yeah. And then you go back and look at uh, the year Jerome Bettis announced he was going to retire. That season, Super Bowl's in his hometown, and the Steelers go to the Super Bowl for the first time in 30 years or 20-something years and win. And then Ray Lewis, the year he retires, yep. all of a sudden the Ravens go to the Super Bowl that year. So it's like, you know, and then people have been talking for years that our Super Bowl was given to us because of Katrina. And it's like <laughs> I didn't want to believe any of it, but after yesterday it's kind of like, well, now it looks like the league wanted the two biggest markets, L.A. and Boston, to be the markets in the Super Bowl because they think everyone's going to watch it. Well, here's what I'll say about that. Is there any kind of, again, just and I completely agree. I'm not just saying this because Doug was on. I firmly believe this. I'm going to tell you what I believe. And I don't have any problem ruffling feathers or saying something that's an unpopular opinion. But what I believe is there was no top-down directive to, to have the Rams win that game to the officials. I don't believe that at all. Now, is there anything in the league offices where they're trying to uh, give advantages rule-wise, regulation-wise in the NFL to their preferred markets? Sure. We saw them um, change the uh, roughing the passer penalty after Tom Brady broke his leg. That's the year after that play where they implemented you can't hit a quarterback in the pocket below the knee. 
Well, that's funny because a couple of years prior to that, Carson Palmer blew out his knee, uh, broke his leg. When he was hit low in a playoff game, the league didn't care about it there but because it was the Patriots and, and Tom Brady, then they changed a the rule. Sure. Uh, let's get to this text here. I want to answer this. Uh, this is a text from the 985. The game should not have gone to overtime. When the Saints had the ball on the 12-yard line with 1 minute 58 seconds left, they should have ran the ball three times, making the Rams use two timeouts. The Saints could have then kicked the field goal with about 15 to 20 seconds left. Game over. Deuce was on with Tommy Tucker saying the same thing. Well, I don't. I didn't hear what Deuce said, but I, I look, I would imagine that Deuce, maybe you misunderstood what he said. I mean, if he did say that, maybe he was confused. I don't know. I didn't hear what Deuce says, but here's the fact. Even if they run those two plays there, there's going to be not 15 or 20 seconds left. There's going to be 60 to 70 seconds left. The two timeouts and then one play, when you don't have the timeout, that's minus 40 seconds. So if you get it down to about 50 seconds left, minus 40, you're kicking a field goal with a minute 10 seconds left or 70 seconds left, not 15 to 20 seconds left. And by the way, that was a nice either check by Drew Brees or a play call by Sean Payton with the pass on the left side to Michael Thomas, that play and that missed pass was squarely on Drew Brees because, as Alan Waddell pointed out here, he's right. Uh, and on the money pass there either, is uh, it looked like it could have been a five-yard gain. If he gets by the initial tackler there, he's into the end zone. It's a touchdown, and it's probably game over. I have truly zero problem with the play calling there. None whatsoever. That is Monday morning quarterbacking at its finest. You don't give the Rams the ball back there with 70 seconds left. You don't go into ultra-conservative mode. I completely disagree with that. More of your calls coming back, 504-260-1870. I'm Seth Dunlap, and this is the last lap on WWL. Here's a text from the 504. Hey, Seth, that Joe guy is a bleeping Cowboys fan. Uh, no, well, yeah, Joe's a Cowboys fan. And, yeah, he sometimes is a little trolly here. Joe just called in. But you know what about Joe? I actually probably agree with him a lot. Yeah, he's consistent. And most of his takes I actually agree with. So I like Joe calling. I disagree with him. That I guess he was trying to argue it wasn't a pass interference penalty. I don't know what he was looking at. The officials, uh, the league offices anyways, Al Riveron, according to Sean Payton, told him, yeah, that was not one but two blown calls there. Here's a text from the 504. Find out who the sponsors are and boycott them. Well, I just say you boycott the Super Bowl when you, the league sees a really low rating here in the New Orleans market and across the Gulf South. That's going to make them pay attention. Squeeze in another call here. Laura in New Orleans. Welcome to the show, Laura. you got about 30 seconds. Yeah. So you said, uh, I'm on your side, you said that the call, the, the non-called PI yep. was um, completely incompetent. I, I feel like it was completely negligent. I'm a chick. I'm a girl. I've never played football in my life. I was in the dome. I heard the I heard the the helmets hitting. I saw him being impaled and like flown off the field. I knew, I knew, and I'm I'm not. I don't know. I don't know about the intricacies intricacies sure. of football, but I, I I saw it. I knew it was wrong. Everybody in the stadium knew it was wrong. There's, there's no incompetency. A, a high school football coach. Has gotten <laughs> Amen, right. Laura. Amen. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.